0: hi and welcome to yeah that can't be good the Wonderfalls edition with me vicky and my co-host Doug gramley now here's doug not Doug gramley with a podcast disclaimer yeah that can't be good it's a frequent line used by sheriff jack carter in the original subject of this podcast the
1: sci-fi original series eureka and is not intended as commentary on any of the series covered here
0: let's get going
1: This is Doug with the IMDb credits for Wonderfall's Season 1, Episode 12, Totem Mole. Series created by Brian Fuller and Tom Holland. Written by Dan E. Fessman and Harry Victor. Directed by Jeremy Padeswa. Original air date, December
2: 8, 2004. This episode aired only in Canada. So we're back with Season 1, Episode 12, Totem Mole. And if we sound a little less enthused than usual, it's because this is our second time through this episode. The first one is floating around the universe somewhere. What did you think about this episode? What did I say last time? (laughs) You said at first you didn't like it.
1: Uh, Well, no, I think at first it looked like it was going in sort of a different direction. So I was interested. And then, you know, as as it went on, it was just the same old stuff. But I, I actually I
2: did like this episode. Yeah, so did I. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, we agree on this one for once. I do think it didn't age well in some places. Yeah. Like, for example, the R word. But I kind of think that some of the Native American cringy moments, like the store's emphasis on all the Native American souvenirs, were there really to point out the racism. Okay. I don't think they did it not knowing they were being racist. I think they did it to point out how racist all this, you know, cowboys and Indians and all this other stuff is. Well, I mean.
1: I wouldn't necessarily call it racist. Okay. I would more or less say it's ignorance. I think, yeah, I think like that, like throwing like that race racist term around, I don't know. I, I think it's it's a very harsh term to use. And I don't think that the writers were being racist. I'm saying like, I don't think that their intention was to make this like a racial issue. I think it was just an ignorance issue. Like to show our ignorance towards another culture, another group of people. Right. Yeah. That's that would be my my only thing. I like, and I agree that it didn't age well, and it was very cringy. <laughs> I I think it falls more in line with like ignorance and and them showing how ignorant we are. We as you know, um, generalization towards a a culture that's been around for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years, whatever it is.
2: Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, we agree that they were using it to point out I'm calling it racism, you're calling it ignorance. But there were still some lines that didn't need to be there, like in the store when she made the joke about littering. You know, there were still some things that didn't need to be there. Yeah. So I did like that Jay started out trying to get rid of her gift and then seemed to have accepted it or is closer to accepting it. And I also like that there was no Eric and no Heidi, because I'm sick of both of
1: them. Yeah, I think we discussed that, that, like, that whole storyline was completely absent from this. Uh, like, I don't think they mentioned them at all. Nope. And it didn't affect the show. It actually made it more enjoyable. Absolutely. That her her focus wasn't on that, and it was more on, you know, what's the point of the show? Is this quote-unquote gift that she's been given. So, yes, I agree that I
2: I like that that was left out. Yeah, so did I, and it wasn't missed and actually made it better for me. Yeah. So, Mahondra's applying for recognition as a citizen in the Satsuma Native American tribe. Sharon drove because apparently she goes to the reservation to buy her supply of tax-free cigarettes. Jay tagged along only because she doesn't want to be in the store looking at the faces and listening to them talking to her and telling her what to do so while Sharon and Mahondra head to the store Jay begins to put gas in Sharon's car the totem pole tells her to go in you'll be glad you did and Jay reluctantly leaves the car and goes inside of the teepee that's across the street and you had a problem with the location of the teepee
1: yeah it was like right off main street you know there's a parking lot across the street it just didn't make any sense like I I don't know if that's I'm assuming that they, the writers do research and find out if this is actually, and see, there you go. There's my ignorance again, not knowing, but I, I can't imagine that they would just put a teepee up in the middle of, you know, Main Street, you know, any town, have it open to, you know, anybody walking in. Like, if you're a tourist, like Jay was, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, if, if you're interested, why wouldn't you be like, oh, look, there's a teepee?
2: That's true. What would stop anybody from walking in there like Jason? and see what's going on. Yeah. And I did look up that they do keep the body out for viewing for seven days, but I couldn't find anything about if there was a specific location. I couldn't find out if it was the norm that they just put this teepee anywhere, but it does seem odd to me as well that it's just, you know, out on the street pretty much on a street corner. So that I couldn't find, but apparently the ritual is real. I just don't know about the location, if you just put it anywhere or how that works. She finds an old woman inside who tells her to enter and sit, and that she's come with many questions. She alludes to the animals speaking to Jay and tells her that she's been sought out for a great purpose, and she has been chosen. But Jay doesn't want to be chosen, and Jay thinks that the woman can tell her how to Silence the voices but before the conversation can go any further they're interrupted by the woman's grandson asking what she's doing there and jay tells him that they're in the middle of a conversation but he points out that his grandmother's dead and when she turns back to the woman she's laying down and definitely dead so meanwhile sharon's cigarette purchase is interrupted by her old law school nemesis deanna littlefoot the new tribal lawyer and has instituted new rules about trading with non-natives. She talks about how her people are being taken advantage of. And basically, Sharon doesn't get to buy two cases of cigarettes. So you can see that Jerry, the store owner, does not agree with this policy as he rolls his eyes as Deanna is giving her speech. And later, he does say that all he wants to do is make a living. Sure. And even though she's saying her people are being taken advantage of, he's saying he's making money by people coming onto the reservation to buy the cigarette. So... She's basically losing business for him. Yeah. So Sharon drags Mahondra into the whole thing by announcing that she's a member of the tribe. Mahandra explains that sh- she was only applying and doesn't have a card yet. And as it turns out, Deanna is the one who approves or rejects applicants. So Mahondra realizes that Sheeran just ruined her chances and chases after Deanna, but she's being called away to the teepee where a crowd is gathered. She's told that Jay has disturbed Gentle Feather's sacred resting place. And her grandson apparently was not comfortable with the whole thing to begin with, is even less comfortable with tourists going into the teepee. Yeah. As you said earlier, yeah. I didn't even think of that the first time, even though he said it. I didn't even think of, you know, having it out on the street. Anybody would just walk in. Yeah. So when Deanna asks Jay what she's doing, Jay tells her she was paying her respects, but then adds that she really needs to go back and talk to her for one more minute. Deanna tells them all to leave and denies Mahondra's application. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier,
1: or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, the Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Doug Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Doug here from the 13th Warehouse. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, please join Kim and Vicki over at the 13th Warehouse at the13thwarehouse.com. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse.
0: Attention Warehouse fans. Kim and Vicky continue on with the Warehouse theme on the 13th Warehouse with Friday the 13th, the 1988 television series. Follow Mickey, Ryan, and Jack as they hunt for cursed antiques sold by Uncle Lewis to unsuspecting and sometimes suspecting patrons of his antique shop. So stick with us on The 13th Warehouse for Friday the 13th, the series. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And we're back. Jerry, the store owner, is the only one in the crowd who seems to believe that Gentle Feather spoke with Jay. And he tells her that Gentle Feather was their seer. Jay asks to speak to the new seer, but he tells her that the line is ended. The grandson, Bill, doesn't have the gift and doesn't seem very interested in their culture. So the totem tells Jay to show him who's special. So now Jay figures that she has to convince Bill that he has the gift and that he should be the next seer. So Jay is now on a mission to make Bill accept his destiny so she can have him speak to Gentlefeather and find out how to get rid of her gift. And Mahondra's on a mission to get her application approved after Sharon ruined it for her. And Sharon is determined to fix what happened with Mahandra by representing her in court. And I think her fantasy of beating Littlefoot is a bonus there. Yeah, typically I don't, I'm
1: not a fan of Sharon. No, me either. But I did think I liked her character in this episode. Like, Yeah, I think there was a little bit of selfishness involved where she was trying to win over or win against her rival. But I think she was sincere in that she was trying to help Mahandra and to say, don't take it out on her, because, you know, we have something, we have a past.
2: Oh, yeah, Yeah. absolutely, yeah. I I do believe she sincerely wanted to help Mahindra, and because she knows it was her fault, too. Like I said, I just think the bonus would have been beating Littlefoot. So later, Jay calls Aaron to the store in time to meet with Bill. She called Bill there under the premise of returning one of her grandmother's things to him. She tests him with the animals to see if they'll talk to him. He thinks she's trying to sell him a timeshare. And I still think that's funny, even though this is our second time through. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, it was random, but it was a good one-liner. Yeah, she convinces him to watch the Maiden in the Mist video. Now, see, like you said, with the ignorance, she's using this movie, thinking that it's so inspirational. Right. Later on, they're going to protest against this movie because of the myths that it portrays.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not like a racist thing, in my opinion, and I don't think it's supposed to portray race, racist, racistness. Is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> we we can make it a word. Go ahead. But I think it's supposed to show, like, oh, this is what our thoughts are of, you know, Native American culture. Culture and uh, like, I think it's for us, like Jay was describing, it's supposed to have like this deep, meaningful, profound message. Right. And they're looking at us like you guys are driving crazy. Like <laughs> this is not uh, accurate at all. So, right. yeah, I think part of the, the episode was, you know, to educate us a little bit more as well.
2: No, absolutely. And I'm using the word racist because what's the guy's name, Jerry? I think at some point in the episode and I could be totally wrong and remembering totally wrong but i think jerry later when they come into the store to protest and jay has the cowboy and indian set and he says i'm pretty sure and i'm i could be totally wrong but he says to her well it is a little racist is that what he said to her i yeah i think you're right i think he does and i totally agree with what you're saying that it's ignorance and i'm using the word racist probably just because he said it yeah So, like we said, she thinks the video will convince him to, as she puts it, surrender to destiny and follow in his grandmother's footsteps. Aaron jumps in to say that the Maid of the Mist isn't even a real legend, and it's a made-up story to bring in tourists.
1: I do have to mention that her brother during that whole scene where he was just in the background staring was
2: very funny. I know. He he has the funniest facial expressions. I feel like his
1: character really served no purpose in, in many episodes for most of the season and I wish that they had used him more.
2: Right. And, you know, the way it's going because in this one she's beginning to accept her gift. He's beginning to think it's some sort of divine intervention. And because that's his field of study, you have to imagine moving forward and had this going on that he would be more more of a prominent figure than he has been. They just had to get to it. Right. But yeah, he is funny. I like him. What was that show I used to watch? Oh, he used to watch a lot of shows. I know. Oh my God. He would touch somebody and they would come back to life, but if he touched me again, they'd die. Touched by an angel? No, no, no. He, he was a pie maker. Oh. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my God. My mind is totally blank. It was one of those shows with the narrator. And he's had this gift since he was a child. He somehow brought his childhood girlfriend back to life. But now, even though they're together, he can't touch her because as soon as he touches her, she'll die again. Oh my God, I can't believe I can't remember this. All right, I'm gonna just yell it out when it comes to me, all right? But he was in the show for two seasons and then it got canceled, but it was good. So Bill finally tells her that he left the tribe because he felt like he was a disappointment to his grandmother and the tribe because he didn't have the gift. Aaron, who really doesn't know what's going on, which is why it was funny that he was standing there, she calls him. She doesn't tell him what the heck is happening. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out what he's there for. He finally steps in and tells him that many spiritual leaders didn't know they had the gift until they were forced to use it. So then we fast forward to Bill, Jay, and Aaron attending a ritual called the Journey of the Feather. So this is one of the tests that'll prove or disprove that Bill has the gift. The feather is supposed to float to the seer, but... Obviously, the feather wins on Jay. Yeah. So Erin knows it flew to her purposely, as does the store owner. And he insists that she's General Feather's successor. So over at Mahandra's tribal hearing, Sharon's full of herself and convinced that she'll win. But Littlefoot has a rule changed about the way birth records can be submitted as evidence of ancestry. So Mahandra loses before Sharon even gets to open her mouth, pretty much, which was funny. So not only did they lose, but... Mahandra has to pay court costs. Yeah. So back at the ceremony, Bill has to pick what belonged to his grandmother from an array of items laid out in front of him. Aaron insists that Jay is the one being called to serve just as Jerry did earlier. So Jay goes over to help Bill get into the right mindset to do this. When an animal skull tells Jay to pick me. So Jay tells Bill to pick the skull. Aaron hears her. Bill chooses the skull and passes this test. I don't know why,
1: how anybody wasn't paying attention, if they weren't paying attention or they couldn't tell. Like,
2: a lot of people in the audience, like, couldn't tell that she was responsible for that. Right, because Aaron saw it. But, I, you know, I don't know if Aaron just is paying more attention because, you know, something's going on. But, yeah.
1: And again, like, you know, is this a ritual that uh, you would allow to outside non-tribal members to watch?
2: Right, I don't know
1: walk around freely as things are going on. Like, I feel like
2: this would be more, you know, run like a tight ship. Yeah, I don't know. I should have looked that up, but I didn't really know what to look up. Yeah, I have no idea. So the next test, Bill has to smoke a pipe, which will pretty much kill him. So he can speak with gentle Feather and then bring himself back to life. Aaron argues with Jay because he knows that Bill is not the one. And he makes Jay realize what she's doing to him. And she has to tell him the truth. So as they're arguing, Bill, after finally getting the pipe lit, smokes it and drops. It was funny when he was trying to light the pipe because Jerry, just the blank expression on his face as he's standing there waiting for Bill to light the pipe. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. And I don't know if it was supposed to be, but. <laughs> when he dropped, too, was kind of. Did they mention that that, that was going to happen? I think we found out later that. That was the point of it. But I'm not sure that Jay and Aaron knew that.
1: No, I, I don't think they, they knew at all. But you said you said that he was supposed to smoke a pipe that's essentially going to kill him. But I wasn't sure if they had mentioned that. We just found that out like afterwards where he said that that was,
2: that was supposed to happen. Right, right. When Jerry said he was supposed to bring himself back to life. Yeah, I don't think that was mentioned beforehand. So Jay runs to save him and brings him back. And as we said, he was supposed to come back by himself. But... I guess they just let that detail go. So Bill says he talked to his grandmother, but she only said that he'd lost his path and he'd find his way back. He's now convinced that he does have the gift. And apparently everyone else does as well, even though he only passed one test in their eyes. He failed the feather. He failed the pipe test because he didn't bring himself back to life. And the only test that they believe he passed was the bear skull because they didn't see Jay give him the answer. So, back at the tribal hall, not only does Mahondra have to pay $900 in court costs, but Littlefoot presents Sharon with a $6,000 bill for back sales tax for all the cigarettes she bought over the years. I didn't realize the first time we went through this. I wasn't thinking taxes. Like, I understood it was taxes. Yeah. But I wasn't thinking, that's a lot of taxes. Yeah. I was thinking the cost of the cigarettes and taxes they were billing, but that wouldn't make sense. It was taxes, and it just didn't hit me until now Um, that's a lot of taxes probably not even that much if you think about it i mean it's a lot it's a lot of money could probably be i mean if it was nowadays forget about it right the totem tells jay to, to comfort sharon and when she does the bracelet gets stuck in sharon's hair so later at the store bill and some others come in and sit in protest of the maiden of the mist movie because it portrays their people as performing human sacrifice and we talked about that in the first episode how the tour company had to stop using that story because of the human sacrifice myth. So Jerry tells Jay that the sit is her fault for showing Bill the movie and most likely for convincing Bill that he hasn't had the gift. Yeah. So Sharon goes to Deanna's gym pretending she goes there all the time. And I hate that. You know that I hate that when people the people do that and they pretend they always go there and then can't work the equipment and blah, blah, blah. You've got some old PTSD from uh, from Eureka, Eureka yeah. over at the sit in Alec tells Jay to get rid of them and he goes to call security. Jay has to tell Bill that he's not special and possibly her lesson was to realize that she's the special one, but Bill won't believe it. And Jerry agrees with Jay that Bill's not the leader. But Bill won't give up his place and thinks that this is another test which he's determined to pass by removing all of the Native American items from the shelves. Back at the gym, Sharon tries to talk to Littlefoot in the steam room about Mahondra but doesn't get anywhere and storms out. But Jay's bracelet that's stuck to her towel gets caught when Sharon gets the towel stuck in the door and it jams the door leaving Littlefeather inside. Not knowing that she's trapped, Sharon turns the steam up and leaves.
1: Right. I can't remember in any other episode where there was a particular like item that they f- would focus on that we had to focus on and knowing that this was going to come back into play at some point. And I can't remember if that was done before. I mean, I, I liked it. I like drawing attention to something it was meaningless. And then you see that same thing over the course of the episode a couple times and you thinking to yourself, like, why do the hell, why are they still referencing this, you know, this bracelet? Like, what the hell does this mean? How is this going to come into play? I was trying to think if that was the case in any other episode where they had like an inanimate an object.
2: Only one I could think of, and it, it really only came into play when we first saw it and then later, was um, when Aaron cleaned out Jay's trailer of all the things with faces. And when he puts them in the car, one of them goes under the Oh, grate. yeah. But I mean, we didn't see it all the way through the episode, so it wasn't as apparent as this bracelet at all. Yeah. So I think you're right. I can't think of anything else either. So at the store, Bill is still ripping things down and dismantling a toy with a gun when the mall security comes in and shoots him because he hears Jay say, give me the gun. They all think he's dead. But Bill begins to move and now he really believes he's chosen until the security guard tells him that the bullet he was shot with was rubber. And then Bill finally does realize that he's not the guy. So back in the steam room, Gentle Feather appears to Littlefoot and tells her that she has much to learn, but we don't hear the rest of the conversation. And then Jay finds Bill in the teepee. They talk about Jay's conversation with his grandmother and Bill tells her that he wished he had a great purpose. Jay disagrees. She wants her life of no purpose back. So Bill tells her that he's, he'd rather be her and be special. And they kind of bond, and it was kind of cute. Yeah, laying, laying down where the dead body was. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. We talked about that. Right. Yeah, and I don't know if that was the thing the dead body was on, because I didn't see the body, so I don't know. But, yeah, I, I totally forgot about that.
1: <laughs> I mean, if it, if it wasn't still there, it was there less than 24 hours ago.
2: True. That's right. I forgot. Totally forgot about that. But otherwise, that aside, it was kind of cute because if I were him, I'd be mad at her because she built him up for no reason. But they kind of did bond and it was kind of cute. So we go back to the gym where Sharon finds the bracelet stuck in the door and calls for help to get Littlefoot out. Sharon is expecting the worst, but when they open the door, Littlefoot comes out smiling and serene. And, And naked. And naked, yes. And Jay has Bill buy a case of cigarettes or Sharon. But on the way to the car, they run into Jerry, who stops to say goodbye to Bill, and again tells them that he needs to find a spiritual leader to fight off Littlefoot. But just then, Littlefoot shows up, all dressed in white with feathers flying around her. And she tells them that Gentlefeather appeared to her and told her some sort of story about a horse, and that Bill would be the one to teach her how to ride the horse. Yeah, I don't know. That whole scene bothered me a little
1: bit which part the whole thing was just bizarre the slow motion walk you know the the dressed in in full white you know like she was some angel or something looked like she was from a 80s rock video <laughs> i like how everything turned out i just don't like how it was portrayed in the end you know what i'm saying
2: yeah i know and i understand and i think they had to do it that way just to get the point across to us and the people because just because she gets out of the car and and says i'm here we're going to build a casino doesn't mean that they understand i think they had to push to make it clear that she was the new seer but now my question is is that
1: really like a goal for native american tribes to want to have a casino and i don't know that i didn't look or up either that had been like our you know ignorance but now in a non you know what I'm saying? Like now it's not. They're not trying to show us ignorance. This was like purposely written in there.
2: Mahandra even says it at the beginning. She says they don't even have a casino here.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I mean, is that something that Native American tribes actually hope for? They want? I mean, like I'm, I'm sure it's it's very good business for community, but it's very you know another very stereotypical. That I'm not
2: sure. Curious. I'm thinking if if that's like the case. If that's that's what they wish for. Yeah. I don't know. I do not know. But as we said, Bill finds his calling because she needs an accountant to assist in building and opening a casino, like we just said. So Bill found his purpose. Littlefoot is now the spiritual leader, according to Jerry. And he also saw the feathers. Apparently, Jay thought she was, you know, seeing things. But Jerry saw the feathers floating around, too. Yeah. So he tells Jay to talk to Littlefoot if she wants to relieve her own burden, but Jay is no longer convinced her burden is a burden after all. So did I miss anything you wanted to talk about? Um no, I don't think so. This is one we kind of agreed on. We both liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that she's accepting her gift. And even up to the time where she was talking to Bill in the tent, she still was trying to get rid of it. She made the switch quickly, or she was yeah. still complaining about it. I don't I don't, don't want to say she was still trying to get rid of it. She was still complaining about it to Bill, that she doesn't want to be special. and So she made the change kind of quickly towards the end. Yeah, and I think I said this
1: last week where this was like one of the first episodes where it ended. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, like, oh, I kind of want to watch the next episode right now to see how this how it ends, knowing that there is only one episode to go. Right. And then you have to remind me that it doesn't actually end.
2: Right. But we're going to watch the documentary, which explains some things. And it also kind of explains what they were going to do. I, I watched it just to make sure, because I told you it would explain some things, and I was like, I better be right. So I watched it to make sure <laughs> that it does, after I told you that. But some of the things it also tells you are things I had read online years ago, you know, when it first went off the air. So it but it does give information about what their plan was going forward. So it'll be interesting. And it's only really like a half hour long or something. Yeah. But all right, so we'll be back shortly for the last regular episode. And I can't remember the name. Caged bird maybe. I don't know. I think that's it.
0: Join us next time for season one, episode fourteen. Caged bird. Bye now. Bye. Bye. And the name of the show I was trying to think about earlier in the episode is Pushing Daisies, which
2: was actually another Brian Fuller production. And I'm sure all of you knew that and were screaming at whatever you're listening to the podcast on because
0: seriously, who forgets that? Don't forget to follow us on our website, eurekarewatch.com on twitter at eureka warehouse on facebook at eureka rewatch page name yeah that can't be good and on instagram at eureka underscore warehouse episodes of yeah that can't be good are available on our website Eurekarewatch.com on podbean apple podcasts google podcasts iheart radio stitcher spotify or wherever you get your podcasts theme music for yeah that can't be good the wonderfalls edition gypsy blues provided by Paul Whitman and his orchestra, found on Pixabay, free for commercial and personal use. Thanks for listening. Come back soon.